everyone, it's Samilla from Men's Wear by a Woman podcast. Welcome to another episode. And today's guest, he's not based in London. They're not based in London. They're actually based in Belgium. And so I've actually, they they got in touch and um, it was very nice of them to get in touch. And um, when I looked at their sh boots and shoes, I was quite excited with what they were coming out with. Um, some of the designs are quite creatively are wonderful actually the brand is called Lenerton um shoes and I've got Robin one of the founders there's two founders and one of the founders is Robin who has actually come on to the podcast and is going to talk about a few things about the brand and how he began hi Robin how are you I'm good thanks for having me and uh, thanks for the compliments about the designs <laughs> it was a lot of hard work that uh, went into them so I uh, definitely appreciate that Thank you. Well, that, well, they are really nice. I mean, they're quite, I wouldn't say, I always say that, you know, once you say nice, it's not the right word in creative world. <laughs> yeah. And I think they're, they're very stylish and um, thoughtful in the way that you've designed them. Was it, Thank you, yeah. Was it always, did you always think about, hold on a minute, we've got to think about how we're designing this or was it something that, you know, you just created somehow no definitely a lot of thought went into it yeah. you know for our brand and i think you know other shoe brands as well yeah um if you want to do something unique uh at the same time often you don't want to like reinvent the shoe or come out with like like screaming creative uh designs uh you want something that looks classy but still looks like distinctive from everything else so um, yeah, it's it's all about small details that that we care about that we pay a lot of attention to, and definitely I think um, what for us we always say the most important part of the design is the shape. Uh, that's what we consider, and uh, well, we designed our own shoe lost, which definitely isn't a standard for for new or startup shoe brands. Mm -hmm. uh, but for us, this was very important to get like a very distinctive shape and style and a robust character which uh, we use the same loss throughout every design to get that same like basic fundamental aesthetic. Was it, do you come from the shoe industry or how, how, how did it work? No, not at all actually. <laughs> no? um, both my wow. business partner and I, we've had, you know, different projects that we've done together. Actually, we've been friends for nearly 20 years. Wow. We first met each other when we played in a band together. It was kind of like a crossover between between punk and metal. Um, and there was aesthetics involved in that as well, of course. Um, and we've uh, stayed in touch. We've been friends throughout the years. He, he's been my best man at my wedding. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was just a project that came up. I first initiated it. Um, I've always cared about style since I was a kid, I think, basically. Um, but growing up and being part of these different subcultures, like I mentioned before, like punk and metal, yeah. uh, I got into the, the work life um, pretty much, you know, maintaining that kind of style. So black denim and like black Vans shoes. And at a certain point, I found myself at a certain job that required me to dress a little bit more decent I would say mm -hmm. because I was having meeting meetings with quote-unquote like important people um, and that's when I've always I think I always felt that but when I really 
really clearly realize that most dress shoes in Belgium and for the most part, most of continental Europe yeah. um, have a very specific style that really doesn't jive with me. It's, it's just not um, representative of, of my style and my character personality, the, the world I grew up in. Um, especially because they're all very elegant and fancy and, you know, both my business partner and I, we come from a place called Limburg, which is kind of like right. the Belgian equivalent of, of Wales, meaning that used to be all coal mines, oh, wow. all working class people. That's how we grew up. And I kind of felt like when I put those shoes on, yeah. I was like putting on a costume that just really wasn't me. So, uh, I was like, I, I, I want to look for something different and through that process I, I quickly because I, I am kind of a creative person I uh, got the idea I should uh, I want to design my own shoes and, and really get it exactly like the way I envision it in the, in my head. So how did you actually begin with it though? I mean you know you don't come from the shoe industry I mean you don't have to come from a certain industry but does it help to understand the industry how it works? <sighs> Well, you know, on the product technical side of things, yeah. um, I wasn't really that worried because throughout my life, I've 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 been self-taught in pretty much everything right. I've done in my life. Okay. Um, my parents really didn't care about style that much, but um, my mom used to um, make uh, the clothing for my brother and I when we were kids. So it's just a thing I was just thinking about a couple of days ago. The fact that that probably rubbed off on me the the idea that. If you have an idea and you want to build it, you can, all right? Yeah, it's cool. just something you can do. You can teach yourself things. Yep. But I remember the first time I mentioned the idea to to my boss at a previous job I had, like, hey, I want to, I'm thinking about launching my own shoe brand. He was like, but you can't, you know, you, you haven't been to school for this, so you, you can't do that, <laughs> um, which is very representative of, of Belgian culture in general. Right. Um, but the way I was raised is completely different. You know, you want yeah. something, you know, go and try it. And I did. I, I, I read about every book that exists about shoe design. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I cut sh existing shoes apart to understand the way they were constructed. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that, that, that's how I learned uh, in the product technical side of things. And I just started, I took some papers and pencils and just started drawing shoes. Um, on the business side of things, or really knowing the industry, yeah, that, that's kind of a different story. I, I used to be a consultant for for startups in the retail and right. restaurant business, which is so something totally okay. different. But um, I, I, I had an experience in like entrepreneurship, but uh, this industry specifically, um, no, we didn't have any knowledge of it, and I have to say, it came with a lot of struggles you know it's a very specific industry a lot of things are done in a very old-fashioned way right um which was hard for me being a kid who grew grew up with internet basically yeah um and you know we went through a lot of struggles developing the styles we won we have only one year ago uh, launched the brand through a pre-order and at this point we're kind of dealing with some struggles as well. At this point, we're looking for a different manufacturer because certain things didn't really work out with our previous partner, which is which is real sad because a lot of things did, but we have to be realistic. But that probably comes with it, the fact that uh, we have little experience. And at the same time, we're very stubborn because <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but I would say most shoe brands, you know, new brands and old brands, 
don't design shoes. They'll just go to a factory. Every factory has their own collection of standard models, be it a Derby, Oxford, Chelsea, whatever. Their own set of laws. They'll just pick some materials, you know, slap their name on it, and and they'll have a brand, which is totally fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this business model, but we're very specific. You know, um, we design our own laws, our own patterns, um, which makes things a lot harder. <laughs> and uh, we've often been proposed by people at factories like, hey, make things easier on yourself. Just use our laws, use our patterns. But we've always refused this kind of stuff because, you know, it's we've always said in the beginning, it's not our goal to uh, launch and manage a shoe brand. Our goal is for a specific kind of shoe that we have in our head to exist in the world. And uh, managing a shoe brand is the vehicle towards that destination. But we don't want to reverse that and uh, just do something generic. We want to, you know, do, do our own thing. But it, it has come with struggles, definitely, and, 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 and still does. But at the same time, it, it's very interesting to, to learn about all these things that go on inside this industry. Why does it matter so much to have the, the shoe for the brand? Um. You mean this specific, for for this to exist yeah, for yeah, us? Yeah. So, what is the in a way? What is the um, the issue for the brand? I mean, if you were to describe the brand, what would you say the brand's all about? In a sense, apart from the details, why would you? Yeah. What was the reason? I mean, you told us the reason, but why why is it so important? Um. The thing is, we like our baseline. It's also our bio on Instagram. So, but we always say we don't really make dress shoes or yeah. rugged shoes. We make refined footwear for the rugged individual. So that right. kind of says okay. it. You know, it's it's it is something refined inherently. Yeah. It it is a dress shoe because it's made of leather. It has a certain pattern. Yeah. But the way it looks, the character it has, it's made for people who kind of feel rugged on the inside. I would say. Right. Um, Oftentimes, people have, have asked us, you know, describe your style. If you wouldn't just make shoes, you, you would also make other pieces of fashion and clothing. How would you describe your style? And yeah. we always say it's it's a refined working class aesthetic. That's very okay. important for us. And uh, we kind of just figured, you know, we're going through this, but there has to be a peer group of other um, guys. And hopefully in the future, we'll also make uh, shoes for girls um, that kind of struggle with the same thing you know they they have to present themselves professionally mm -hmm. but when they do so with the things with the brands they're they're finding around them um they don't feel like themselves because they also perhaps come from a working class background or just a different background and uh, we we want these things to exist for ourselves and for people people like us i guess basically was it difficult to start up robin yeah uh it is. And, you know, we're, I kind of think we're still starting up because we only launched uh, one year ago. Mm -hmm. But before the launch, we went through, I think, close to four years of product development. Wow. So that's counting from the, yeah, from the day I first got the ID. Like, yeah. you know, I've been, I have been playing with some ideas of starting a brand in menswear. Um, but specifically, okay, okay, I'm going to do a shoe. Um, from that day until we launched the pre-order was, you know, well, the pre-order launch, that was more than four years, actually. And that is because we were so specific, you know. We, we went through different factories. 
um, different last makers, uh, we ended up, which very significant point for us, uh, where we made a, a jump ahead was when we when we found Michael James from Springline in Northampton, uh, who okay. helped us design the last. Because before that, we've always spent almost two years trying to design it with somebody else, but it it was just never what we envisioned. And we went th- through different factories, and we ended up with a partner that made these awesome shoes we, we have uh, on our Instagram and our shop right now. Um, so, yeah, a lot of st- struggles, which I guess, you know, are also the places where the lessons are to be learned. So it's a very interesting experience at the same time. Uh, and at this moment, we're kind of uh, exploring uh, different collaborators. So we're kind of taking a few steps back. Uh, it's not what we had envisioned a year ago. At this point, we wanted to launch like some extra collections, different styles. But I guess this is just the reality of, of starting up. You know, you, you can't all do it at at, at once. That's product technical, you know. If I'm looking at the business side of things, uh, yeah. funding, for example, that's that's a whole other story. That <laughs> we we launched this brand with uh, very limited capital. Uh-huh. We just put some money into a box, basically, and yeah. we did a pre-order that kind of pre-funded some of it. But through the struggles we've had in production with the current manufacturer, and uh, and a lot of it was because of COVID as well. So it, yeah. it's the same for everybody. But you know, we've uh, lost significant amounts of money. I guess that's also part of starting up, trial error wise. Um, but they're also, you know, looking for the future. We're probably going to need to find some investors, which is a thing we're working on right now. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's not easy starting it up, but it is worth it for me. We haven't sold like thousands of pairs yet, uh, but we've definitely sold more than I uh, was expecting before we launched because I knew I had already experienced through development that fashion, the fashion industry is in some ways a harsh industry so i told my business partner the day before we launched our pre-order you know um don't get your hopes up we might not sell more than 10 pair because it's not a cheap product nobody knows us people don't know if they can trust us or the quality of the product uh, and we were surprised it was, it was uh, very uh, for our uh, standards very successful and since then we've sold shoes to people all over the world also something we weren't expecting we get orders from like all corners of the globe which is really cool so um, um, my wife often reminds me when I'm worrying about the struggles uh, in the moment she says you know just take a moment to look back and realize there's a bunch of people throughout the world wearing your shoes every day and that's that's pretty amazing you know uh, just a year ago you you weren't expecting you, you you were you didn't know if anybody but he would care. Um, yeah. So uh, I try to remind myself uh, that uh, to also enjoy like the successes from time to time. But Robin, you know, everybody forgets this, that everybody has to start somewhere. And I think everyone forgets when you do make it that the struggle of it is the beauty of it. Um, I think, I don't think there's a brand out there that didn't struggle, you know, no, exactly. You know, Probably every, same, yeah. we're talking about big brands as well here. I mean, I'm sure they did as well. You know, um, everyone did. Um, and that's one thing that people forget. Everyone, the ones who really do make it, they forget. I, I think they do forget how hard it was to start up. But then you have to say to yourself that, you know, last year you were thinking, you know, for the past few years you were thinking about it. But now you've got people actually wearing your products. And that's a huge thing. 
Yeah, exactly. You know? I totally agree. I uh, I just I think that's, that's one, one thing, thing like, you uh, have to realize um, that how, you've achieved often that. Joke. Oh, go ahead. No, I think that's one massive thing that everyone has to realize. Whoever starts up yeah. a business, that if thinking about it, but then you get to a point after a year, you're not making enough money, you know, which you're not going to, of course. Um, but you know, you've got to realize that people are wearing your products, and that's a big thing. You know, it's you know you you got just it, the phrase is you know you've got to walk before you can run. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, uh, something I, I try to remind myself of very often. Sometimes it's hard because I just can have like a, an obsessive personality, and I'm always thinking ahead, which is which isn't always always the best thing. Um, and I'm also like a pretty a, a personal guy. I, I care about relationships and and such. So Absolutely, when yeah. you know, numbers is one thing, but when we get like just because we mostly sell online when we get like an email from a customer who has taken the time to, you know, send us a message like, Hey, just want you to know, I'm, I'm really excited with these shoes. I think they're beautiful. I, I, I put them on every day. It's very small, but for me, it's like, that totally makes my day. And it's so weird because it, it, it does make your day, right? Because I get people, I get someone just sending me a messages and saying, it's great what you're doing. And it just like, you know, it makes you feel like, thank you, you know, in a sense that somebody's realized, I mean, doing a podcast is hard. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling everyone this truth. It is hard, but at the same yeah. time, you, I enjoy it, talking to the community of menswear. Um, you know, I was thinking about it a few years back to do a podcast. It's only because um, last year during COVID, um, right. you, you know, during the pandemic, then when we was all locked, you know, in a lockdown kind of thing. Um, that's when it all began. So I think your products are absolutely lovely. They're beautiful. And, you know, I can see the details quite, you know, you do think about details. When you start um, designing a shoe, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Hmm. Um, <laughs> Got to go back uh, a couple of years now because, you know, developing and uh, yeah. making sure we launched the collection yeah we had to um, focus on a couple of designs we couldn't do all of them right um so the first thing i think you know just what's the vibe uh, i wanted i wanted to give off and actually one of the first things probably is i, I try and come up with a name a name for the shoe yeah because that's going to give direction what yeah. we want to do um and a good example of that is um our, like our flagship model is called the Brawler, which is a plain toe blue shoe. It's a very simple design again, but because it is so simple, it really shows off like the, the, the contours and the shape of our of our shoe lost. Yeah. And the the colors, how we're combining them, it looks it is a dress shoe, but it looks really tough. And you know, the name the Brawler yeah. says it all. And and uh, a lot of people um, have mentioned that they really like that name, and I think it is because the shoe actually looks like that so um that's the thing like what's the personality or the character i wanted to have and then you know it's a little bit trial and error it's just sketches and trying out different things i guess i also think an interesting technique in designing is trying to eliminate stuff so for example our chieftain boot which is uh like you could call it a service boot or like a, like a dress boot plain toe um i remember the way 
I designed that. It's, it's a pretty funny story, actually. Um, when I first wanted to start the shoe brand, my business partner, which is you know one of my best friends, um, he wasn't all into dress shoes. He really liked some of the designs, like the Brawler, for instance. And but I remember he really wasn't into brogues back then, and right. he is now. But you know, if you look at at boots, they're either very like work boot, very rugged looking, yeah. or they're dress boots. And most dress boots are like full brogues. They'll have a wingtip pattern, which you know is cool. But I was thinking, okay, let me let me design a boot that I'm that I like, and I'm sure that my business partner would wear because we're very different in in, in our style. Um, and for this is a small detail, but there are like there's a double stitching line that that's spaced apart on the pattern. Yeah. And the only reason you would do this is because you would put a line of broguing, uh, the, the decorative oh, perforations, right. between these lines. Yeah, yeah. I but there aren't broguing, so I drew it with, and then I, you know, took the eraser, took them out, and I think that's that's also a, a technique I try and use to put stuff in and then take certain things out and see what you come up with and uh, in the end it is you know these small unique details that make make the boot not just a boot but in our case the chieftain i'm just looking at them actually and they are really 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 beautiful they're gorgeous i'm just looking Thank at the, the the tan version and they're really yeah, like yeah. yeah you need to do yeah. women's sizes <laughs> you know that uh, Women sizes? Or? Yeah, um, because I would wear these. Yeah, the thing is, um, you know, because besides aesthetics, we really ah, want you to do do a comfortable you, shoes. Oh, you do do and a five anyway. You do a size five, so yeah. I'm just giving. Yeah, it but the thing is, the size five most likely won't fit ideally uh, on a on oh. a wom woman's foot. So Right. Um, and the thing is, we could make it easier on ourselves and just do a lot of smaller sizes. Right. And uh, but we want that's that's how we are. We're stubborn. We want to do things right. You know, <laughs> yeah, designing this last for instance, it wasn't just aesthetics. We also wanted to have a certain comfort in the shoe. And realistically, we we have to adjust the last to make it less voluminous and less wide right. uh, for it to work well on on uh, women's feet. So uh, it's definitely something we want to do. We never set out actually to make this like a men's wear br uh, shoe brand. Yeah. Uh, we just wanted to make shoes and, and preferably we would also already be making shoes for, for women. But uh, we're not at this point. It's basically just a, a, a budget uh, thing, you know, because of course. when we adjust the loss, that means it'll become a different model, which yeah. means that all the minimum order quantities will double. And uh, it is definitely something we want to do in the future because, you know, it's probably daily that, that there are women asking us, can you please make this uh, in women's sizes as well? So yeah. there's definitely like also a market opportunity there. How did the name come about? Name for the brand. Right. So um, the name is a big thing. We're actually at this moment... Um, yeah. We're, we're uh, working on a, a video. My my business partner has a, he's a videographer, so we, okay. we try to do a lot of creative work in our imagery and videos. And we want to make a video talking about the history and the meaning of of the name because it, yeah. it's very dear to us. Um, and people often ask, like like Lennart, so what does it mean? Yeah. So first off, uh, Lennart, or you know any of its rhymes, uh, like Leonard in, in English or Leonardo. 
they all come from an old Germanic name, Lewenhard, which oh. kind of translates to lion-hearted, like one that has the heart of a lion, you know, therefore okay, yeah, yeah. shows great courage and bravery. That's the general idea behind it. And when we came across this history, it just uh, clicked with us. It was so expressive of, of the way we view style, how we view our brand, and, and I guess life in general. And then we kind of start riffing on this idea, kind of taking it further, adding depth to it. And we ended up at like a fundamental question, who do we consider to be brave? You know, in our lives, who do we consider to be the lion-hearted? And for, our, that answer, for us, that answer was uh, our parents. Right, yeah. Because uh, I kind of hinted at this before, it is significant in, in our lives, uh, the way we grew up. Both yeah. of us were bo born and raised in, I guess, what you call like prototypical working class families. Yeah. And uh, growing up, we, we saw nothing but dedication from our parents. You know, yeah. they were always working so hard, day in, day out, putting in the hours, putting in the work. They lived like a, a life of hard work and yeah. pure self-sacrifice just so yeah. they could give their kids the best in life yeah and um you don't often that. you know when you hear like people uh, stories about people that are self-made it's mostly about entrepreneurs and our parents are like typical working class people but for us that's like true bravery like sacrificing their own lives and their interest and their free time yes. just to give us the best possible opportunities in life that makes them like the biggest heroes for us and so they are our lion-hearted, and we are their sons. So that's Leonard's son in a way, I guess. Wow. That is really, really um, – that got me, actually, in a sense, because my parents were, you know, it's the same with majority of our parents who have, you know, worked very, very hard, and they've sacrificed a lot, in a sense, yeah. you know. I want to ask you a bit about um, when you first began with um, – um, with the brand did you well uh -huh. as you were actually working with the brand did you ever come across where you were just wanting to give up in a sense yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah you know you're always going to have that and and especially like i said before if if you're stubborn and and you you don't want to compromise on yeah. a lot of stuff like like we are um that's the part you know it's always when you ask that question the first thing yeah. I think about is is like the tension between being a creative and being an entrepreneur. Right. Like somebody who is very entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. and I try to be a good entrepreneur, yeah. but you know, somebody who, who really firstly designs the business model will say, let's not make it difficult, just pick these standard shoes, we'll do good branding and marketing and we'll sell them. But yeah. like the main reason that, that we're doing this is because it's a creative outlet. So yeah. Um, that has gotten us just in, in a lot of tough spots where we're thinking like, oh man, is it worth it? Especially if, you know, because in the industry, yeah. both on the side of of the product and I would also say like marketing and, and press, I guess, there's a lot of harsh people. Um, and, you know, there's been moments that uh, I guess, you know, I don't want to sound whiny, but I've been hurt in this process uh, yeah. thinking like, What's the point of this? But then, you know, you get an email from a customer or a picture. You see your uh, shoes being worn in Japan or wherever, and you're like, okay, no, this is why I'm doing it. Let's let's keep going. 
But but has it become like um, more of a you know when you when you said entrepreneurs and creativity? Do you think mm-hmm. um, do you think some of the brands out there? Do you think there are brands out there that think more about the entrepreneurial than the creativity? Definitely, yes, yes, and I think um, a lot think of times w- they're they're more successful and they scale much faster. Um, which makes sense. You know, I, I know this. I, I My day job is I work as a brand strategist and I used to okay. work as a consultant for right. uh, entrepreneurs, be it specifically in, in the retail and restaurant business yeah. uh, industry. And um, I know, th- I, I, I just know this because I sometimes give advice as an entrepreneurial coach right. and I sometimes don't take my own advice in my own company. <laughs> Because, um, yeah, the creativity side of it, the aesthetic, you know, this business, it is all about aesthetics. Um, right. And again, like we set out to make something that's, be it nuanced, unique, but to be unique, we don't want to make something standard um, because then we feel like we've become obsolete. So, um, uh, yeah, definitely there are brands that are much more uh, entrepreneurial, uh, I think, but much more focused on the business model uh, than on the product and on perhaps also sometimes on the less qual- they put less attention on the quality of the product. It's more about the marketing and, and getting things out there. Um, so, yeah, but it's a tension. You know, it's a balance you got to try and maintain, I guess. And uh, sometimes, uh, especially if you're a little bit uh, obsessive like me, you, you go too far off the cliff in, in one direction. Um, and you have to kind of, you know, climb back up and, and reassess, uh, uh, like the balance you're trying to maintain. Um, uh, or actually my, my, that's my middle name. I always use it because my surname isn't pronounceable in English. Um, and my, uh, business partner and one of my best friends is called, uh, Robin Todde. Okay. Because I, I was reading about it thinking, oh my God, they're both called Robin. So it's quite, um, that's quite unique. Yeah, well, we often joke that people think that it is easy only having one, but it's actually always very confusing for most people because they don't know where they're talking to. <laughs> um, I just want to ask you: it's all the boot, um, all the actual manufacturing. Is it all done in Belgium, or is it outsourced? No, so it's uh, our our goal is to make this uh, make these boots and shoes in Europe, right? Um, because you know. People often forget how small Belgium is. You know, yeah. um, Belgium is you know it it officially obviously is a country, but you know it's not a it's not, so huge. Uh, it's not an, an uh, economic zone or industry like for us Europe is. You know, right, yeah. Europe is our home turf basically. But also, you know, there is no way to make like couture welted shoes, uh, okay. which is the technique we use in Belgium uh, as a private label. There's just no way. Nobody offers that. Right. So um, we've made these shoes uh, with a factory in Almansa. Uh-huh. Again, uh, I've talked before that we're looking actually for new manufacturer. You know, the shoes are very well built, and all the people who work there are lovely people. It just kind of um, it didn't work out on a on a management level, um, and we're looking at different manufacturers again throughout Europe. So uh, right. you know, ideally, we'll stay in Europe because that's just close to home and it's easy for us. Yeah. Um, it's also important for us that the shoes are made ethically and i don't want to say that in other places in the world that isn't the case but for us it's just very easy to to check up on that like is this a 
is this partner doing a good job treating their workers right? Because, you know, I've, yeah, I've talked before about coming from the working class. So you can imagine for us, it's very important yeah. that these people are appreciated and, and treated well. Um, because like, the working class uh, people for us, there are people. So we don't want to, you know, just because we thought about designing some shoes, we don't want anybody anywhere in the world to be exploited for, for that idea. And I also think, right, a business is not always made by from one person. When you have a team of people in a business, that whole exactly. team is part of that business and they're the ones who make that brand. So I always believe De that, you know. Definitely. Yeah, I always try to get this point across people because, you know, we design the shoes ourselves. Yeah. We start uh, with pencil and paper, you know, that's where it yeah. starts. But we always want to make a point like it's not just us, you know, it, it's other people making these shoes. Uh, you know, not everybody understands how shoes are, are built, but in a Goodyear Weld that constructed shoe, you know, there's about like 80 different people who do something on the shoe that are specialized in be it the stitching on the weld, uh, yeah. the stitching of the uppers, the lining, whatever. Um, so there's a bunch of people involved and especially from a development uh, point of view, you know, uh, you've got us with our sketches and ideas where it starts. Um, you got at the factory the pattern maker who, or the pattern developer who needs to translate, you know, a, a 2D ID to a 3D shape. And uh, again, I've, I've mentioned him before, but I'd like to give props to him again, like Michael James, which is a head, de uh, head loss designer at Springline, which is the last remaining uh, shoe lost factory in, in England, mm -hmm. you know, He's been very significant and and helping us define like the shape of the shoe, which we consider to be uh, the most important uh, element of the aesthetic. So yeah, it's it's definitely a collaborative effort. How long does it take you to design the product? Wow, um, that's that's hard for me because again, like most designs we have out. Uh, I kind of like sketched and came up with, and not just me, my, my business partner and I, we we did those when we were just still like figuring out how these shoes were built. So it right. probably took us longer back then. Um, but I've been working on, on a new design uh, lately, right. an idea in my head. And, you know, it'll, I don't know, a couple of hours is just some sketching. Well, I, no, I think the process <laughs> really, you know, starts in the back of your mind. So uh -huh. you, I could be, starting a design when I'm sleeping, basically, in my dreams, you know. Um, so it's really hard for me I to know tell, you know, it's the same thing. When, when you're standing in the shower, your, your mind goes places. And for me, it goes to shoe design, for example. So if I need to kind, count all those uh, minutes and hours, probably a lot of time. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a process of you know, getting an idea from what is it I want to get out of people what kind of reaction or yeah. emotion do i want to get you know the personality of the shoe of the design and then you know i start translating that to um technical features like yeah. specs on the shoe um yeah. how would the proportions be you know how far out or far back would the cores be yeah uh, in comparison to the vamp and that kind of stuff um and it's a process so um it's really hard to put a number on it uh you know i've never worked as a fashion designer or something like that for a different company where it wasn't payroll and where you know making it uh you know quantifying the hours probably is important so i honestly have have, have no idea um robin do you think creativity is very important 
in doing definitely that yes and more, yeah, is, it, is it much more important than being an entrepreneur definitely yeah is it more important i don't know um <laughs> the thing is when when you're when your creative side yeah. um becomes the boss of your internal relationship you know your creative and your entrepreneurial yep. side yeah you'll often uh, and my business partner has uh like slapped me on the wrist many times reminding me like you're being a perfectionist and perfection is the enemy of good and perfection is the enemy of finished you know we yeah. need to finish this at some point so um i think it's all about the balance like i talked about before but i do know you know the the industry my day job is in as a brand strategist i do know there are also creatives that um are so far off the creative side that you know they don't stop and realize how am i going to sell this to people because you know in the end it is a business you're you're not an artist you're not making art i like to make the distinction between a designer and an artist an yeah. artist makes things with a with a primary goal of being appreciated as art but yeah. i design shoes i want them to be perhaps artistic the process i want them to be beautiful but the primary goal is that they protect people's feet while they're mm -hmm. walking you know yeah. um that's that's the thing when you design a share you want it to be beautiful if you're a furniture designer but the primary goal is that people can sit on it comfortably so um that that's kind of the same thing so i think you know you need both skills definitely um but the fact is you you can definitely have in my opinion a successful company mm -hmm. um without being really creative because you could just like outsource that creativity or you know do private label in the purest sense meaning just do factory standard collections and slap your name on it um so you can you can definitely do that but to make something that will i don't know like touch people in, a, in an emotional way um stick with them really resonate with people you kind of need to design a brand you know the difference between a company and a brand yeah and i think um if there's one thing i'm confident in saying that we've succeeded it is creating and designing a brand because people yeah. people f they they I feel something a certain type of personality when they look at lanartson and our brand and another like i really consider this as a compliment but we get this all the time that people think that we're an old brand that we've been around for a long time just well, that's because what I of thought. the way we communicate i guess <laughs> that's what i thought as well i thought you guys oh, see, were around yeah. for a long time but when you yeah. just told okay. me and i'm thinking what <laughs> you know yeah. um because it seems like it when you go into your site it feels like you've been you know in the industry for quite a long time so hats off to you guys you've done it very well thank you yeah and we've tried to because like i said i'm a brand strategist so in marketing and branding there's also a lot of very yeah. successful creative work on the on the fronting you know how do you position something yeah that makes things look like there's a lot going on behind the scenes but often it's just a well-marketed empty shell so we're trying our best not to be that you know i think we're good at branding but there's a lot of passion and creativity and and well thought out ideas going into it you know it's um I think what I'm trying to say is that we're trying to be the real thing. Right. Cool. Um, what's the plan for the future then, Robin? I know the year. Well, I know uh, it's it's not a long to go till 2022 is over. 
which is like madness. Um, exactly. But, <laughs> but what's your plan? <laughs> yeah. What's the plan um, for the brand? So we had to reassess like a couple of months ago because we started to realize, okay, we're probably not going to go ahead with, with the same manufacturing partner, which was a big blow to us because, you know, we've, we've been working on top of this relationship and, and right. building on it for such a long time at that point. Um, right. That, uh, that was a that was a big mind shift for us, you know, getting adjusted to the idea. Oh, we're gonna go to go back to different factories and make prototypes and check them out. But basically, that's the idea. We wanted to launch a, a, a second collection with some extra styles, some new materials. Uh, we wanted to do that like in September of this year, but most likely, you know, for the next year, like twelve month, months out of let's say 10 months out, you're probably not going to see many new things coming from us, or at least not things that are already available to be sold. You know, might see some prototypes and stuff, but um, because that's just the reality of it. We have to, um, we have to uh, reassess with the new uh, partner. Uh, and then I want to launch, I'm thinking about, that's another thing I've, I've come across. You know, we wanted to do like a direct-to-consumer e-commerce-based business model but I've had some experiences in the couple of months that's making me reconsider this and we might want to see if we don't want to change the business model as well and also go through retail or very specific retail. Um, so that's pretty much what we're going to be working on. Now, that's uh, all behind the scenes stuff. So it's not very exciting to tell you know consumers because basically we're saying you're not going to see anything new for 10 months. Um, but when we come out with something new, it's going to be... Uh, the same styles. I really hope that in the not too far future we can we can launch shoes for women as well, which right. will be the exact same styles. Yeah. Um, and then just you know do some extra styles. Um, I've been I ha I've had a design in my head and on paper now for a while now mm -hmm. of of a um, like stylish hide boot is something I really want to get out there. Yeah. And then we just want to use like different materials. We're using mostly grain leather and smooth leathers very dressy ladders that we're combining with the robust shape. Um, but I would also like to do like some suede, some wax suede, some more like ladders that are a little bit more on the fringes, if you will. Yeah. That's something uh, that we want to do as soon as possible. But uh, I have to tell customers every day because some of our shoes are, are out of stock in certain sizes and I have to tell them like, sorry, you're, you're going to have to wait at least 10 months for, for this to, to get back into stock. What would you say to someone if they wanted to start up a shoe brand? Um, huh, it's a good question. Um, you know, probably tell them, you know, realize that a lot more goes into it than you're thinking right now. <laughs> um, at the same time, like, I don't know if I had wanted to, someone to tell me because maybe it would have scared me. Um, I'm not sure I would have gone ahead. I'm very happy that, that we started the brand. But, uh, yeah. um, so it's a difficult question because um, so much went into it. And, and if somebody would have told, given me a lot of advice, I don't know if it would have made me more enthusiastic to start a brand or scared the hell out of me. So um, <laughs> um, if there's one key lesson I think is yeah. interesting. Yeah. But I don't know if it's really that relevant for everybody. If if the person is kind of like me, and with that I mean somebody that's very personal, who's focused on building relationships, um, I would say you know 
try and realize when somebody in a factory, especially like a, like an account manager or salesperson, is being nice to you and telling you that we can build any kind of shoe you want, realize that a lot of the times that's not true. You know, um, try to see through that. And, and um, it's important to build relationships, but I think it's even more important to realize if you're not a good match to break it off and start looking somewhere else. Because like, if I look back at the very first factory we did developments with, yeah, I think we spent like 18 months working with them. Wow. And like 80% of the shoe of the prototypes were good. But it took me so long to realize that they were never going to get that additional 20% because they just weren't a good fit or we weren't a good fit for them. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's the stubbornness. I wanted to stick with them. And I think it, we could have uh, saved some time if, if we were a little bit more realistic and, and said, okay, this is not a good fit. Let's go look elsewhere. So that's a good, that's it. That, I think, is a key piece of advice. And would you say that um, having the passion for it, it's it's the drive, it's so important that even though if you do have the drive, sometimes you can get burnt out from the drive. How do you maintain that drive? Yeah, definitely. And that's something I uh, picked up uh, working as a... Um, a startup consultant in the past is that the, there's yeah. a lot of people out there, especially creative people. And I used to be one of these people that think if I work the hardest I can, I'm sure to make it. And the fact is that, you know, statistically, this just isn't true. You know, uh, you could be working on something that's great, but for example, is ahead of its time or the current market situation, there's just no demand for it. So um, you have to be realistic, you know, uh, you have to need, you need to have the drive and the passion, yeah. but that at the same time, you need to reflect and realize how do I turn this into a viable business model and, and not forget that it is a business at the end of the day. It's not an art project, I guess. Turning it into the business, would it be less creative? Not necessarily. I think that that is another piece of creativity. You know, that yeah. that's also a creative skill. How do you take something that feels artistic for you and turn it into a business without stripping it of its soul? That's like, I guess that's kind of like the main point most uh, creative professionals yeah. uh, struggle with. Um, but it doesn't have to be. It's always looking for that balance, and and we haven't. I'll bite, you know, we're not um, uh, financially successful enough at this point, but, you know, we're brand new, so that's to be expected. Um, but, you know, you, I think you really need a clear point of view of where am I willing to compromise and where aren't I willing to compromise? You, and you need to stick with it, otherwise you're going to go off the cliff in one direction you're going to go along with everything uh, that's proposed to you just to make the business side of it easier or you're going to be like super stubborn and not easy to work with for uh, the collaborators you're working with and uh, you know be too obsessive with the creative side of things so uh, you know i probably this is probably the fourth or fifth time i'm repeating it but i think you know it all comes down to trying to maintain that balance and on that note, um, Robin, I'd like to thank you for coming on to Menswear by a Woman podcast. And um, I'd just like to say your brand is absolutely beautiful. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Series. It really uh, means a lot coming from you. Um, oh, thank just you. want to mention, you know, one of the 
episodes on your podcast I appreciated most was was the one about you, um, which was real interesting hearing your story and uh, knowing you know the 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 journey you have taken. It, it really means a lot getting uh, such a compliment from you. So uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Really Robin. makes my day. <laughs> thank you very much, Robin. And. Um, and I look forward to the next part for um, for the creative side of um, Lennington's um, shoes. Um, I think your shoes are absolutely beautiful, and I can't wait for the women's one to come out because I'd be surely buying them. All right, cool. I'll definitely keep you uh, up to date on any uh, definitely developments in this regard. Yeah. Thank you, Robin. All right, cool. Take take care. Check you later. <laughs>